I don't wish for another tragedy. And I do wish and hope and dream and vision another time when we're all coming together and working together, cooperating, not seeing color or preference and just being humans working together to make this earth and this lifetime a better, more beautiful, relaxing, amazing time and for animals too. That's my hope, dream and wish for all of us and that's my 9-11 day. Welcome to Imperfect Parenting. I'm Ariel Green Anderson. My name is Mats Anderson. We're bringing you raw, real, and unfiltered stories from around the world. Are you an IP parent? I get it. You were never going to be here in that crazy family life. You looked around before as an independent, strong, creative person, and you thought, I'm not going to do that. I see what they're doing. This is how it's going to be. You had clear intentions. And then you wake up one day, you realize you've been swallowed whole somehow by the mad reality of family parenting. And you're talking to your partner in a way and to yourself that you don't even recognize anymore. Who is this person? Where did you go? You've never been fuzzy before. You'd always seen your path. I believe there's a way to get back there. I've experienced it. I've been in that madness. I still am sometimes. And I just want you to know that we're here to help work towards creating that space to reconnect with self and source and more deeply with your family and the people that matter to you and the things that matter to you, getting back to path and pur purpose in a way that um, is powerful and that's why we're sharing stories from all over the world and next door uh, to remind ourselves that we're not alone and things cross borders but we're humans and humanity happens imperfection happens well we want to try to make it better so I'm Ariel Anderson and sometimes you're going to hear Mott Sanderson as well and uh, we're looking forward to sharing this journey with you 9-11, <clears throat> it's a powerful number now, isn't it? 911 used to be just what you called, right? And now it has an entirely different meaning. How many of us don't remember where we were and what was happening in the moment when we first found out what had happened in New York and Pentagon and yeah, right? It is strong. And I can't ignore it. I can't just pretend that it's another day and I'm doing a podcast with all of you. It's, it's a strong time. And um, I'm so thankful that all of you are out there around the world. I'm so curious in different parts of the world. Did you have the same experience? Did it feel strong for you? Something happening in New York and, and in the U.S. I mean, did it feel strong? When I talk to people, people say yes. I have friends. You know, I have um, Etty and... Uh, Annie and Stephanie who are in New York and they were experiencing with all the depths of emotion and, and stress and everything what really happened there I, I remember that I was taking care of an elder at the time she was an Alzheimer's grandma and she 
needed assistance and my friend had gone back to the Czech Republic, Elena, and so I took over for a while and I was driving her or was I on the, I know I was on my way to uh, take care of her and on the radio came the information about the Twin Towers and it, it, it just, I was half awake, I'm not a morning person and I remember thinking this is what? This is a joke. What is happening? And of course, the rest of the day was just the news was just showing it over and over and over again. And I finally had to turn it off of the television because I think it was for her, it was new over and over again because she would forget, you know, after a few minutes what had happened. And then she was just kind of astonished again. But for me, it was just like pulling the emotions over and over again. But will there ever be a time when we feel it differently? And how many of the conspiracy theories are true? And you know, why did some of the news pieces change, you know, midway through the morning? I, I would like to know. And maybe we'll never fully know what truth is. But what we do know is how many people suffered and and how that number will forever create a level of stress or distress or fear or wonder. And I wonder if that will ever change. I mean, my daughter doesn't really know about it. So maybe she won't have that feeling. So at which point in the age, like it, who, who doesn't know about it? Who doesn't have a feeling? It keeps get, getting rehashed every year. So I'm wondering if people will forget. Is this like war crimes that we'll be hearing about for centuries? I don't know. It's, uh, it's strong. But what I do remember is I remember that I was as well <clears throat> taking care of a, a young boy at the time who's now a, a man and in his own life and his own family Spencer you know who you are uh he said the most wise thing and you know this this guy I have to say often would surprise you he seemed like he's you know all about the Pokemons at the time and this and that but he was in the car and I made some comment you know you know you know what happened and all of that on the day around that time and uh and he said, oh, no, you know, you don't have to be stressed. You know, if we're in the moment, we can't be stressed. And we asked his teacher. I asked his mom. Nobody had said that to him. So his mom and I just looked at each other like little Buddha. And, uh, you know, you were always a super cool kid and you're a super cool gentleman now. And um, I'm just proud of you for being a 10-year-old. If I remember, is that, well, is that the right age? My brain is not working completely. I've got mom brain right now, but you were a young lad and uh, it was a wise moment and I appreciated it and was impressed. And I think if all of us could be more in the moment and it's not that we don't remember, of course we remember and we take silent moments for those who lost their lives, who gave their lives and all of that. But I also want us to grow from this. I hope that we can... Um, use this as a, an opportunity to, to grow and learn and evolve and hope that we can somehow find a way to do things differently and better. And, and uh, I think the most amazing thing when there's any kind of tragedy or major moment in history that takes us into a darker time is the profound way in which people come together. And I think in this time right now when there's around the world some challenges with coming together and seeing us as humans on the planet rather than 
how we are different, that these moments of tragedy, is, it, it's when we come together. It's when we can, can often show our best faces. And uh, I don't wish for another tragedy. And I do wish and hope and dream and vision another time when we're all coming together and working together, cooperating, not seeing color or preference at just being humans working together to make this earth and this lifetime a better, more beautiful, relaxing, amazing time and for animals too. That's my hope, dream and wish for all of us and that's my 9-11 day for all of us. I hope that in your parenting of your own children, you find the way to have the conversation that's real and honest um, with your kids as things flash up on the televisions and, and mem memorials and things uh, are around and have the conversation. Don't avoid it. Be real. Allow them the space to have their own thoughts about things and they might just surprise you. In fact, I have no doubt that they will. Have a beautifully imperfect day. Remember those who were brave enough to step forward and take a moment to see what can we grow and what way can we come together in our own community to help to grow and evolve something in a beautiful way even in the smallest way, maybe for a neighbor, maybe for a struggling shop. I don't know what it is, but maybe this is the day to do one simple act of kindness and without any expectation of something in return, without even maybe being recognized, maybe without even being seen, and uh, see what happens next, see what starts to bloom in your own soul and in the souls around you. All right, now it's really goodbye and wishing you a fulfilling path and purpose and clarity on the way. So that was 9-11. Yeah, well, that was my piece. Your piece of Yeah, because, yeah, you've been away a little bit, uh, well, for a few weeks, and yeah, so now it's, your piece because I felt it's important that we each get our side on this because this is sort of a vital thing. So first thing is, do you remember, do you remember where you were? Was it kind of one of those moments for you here in Europe or were you more separated from it? Like was, you're no. a news person. So yeah, absolutely. I remember exactly where I was in, um, well, I was in the office because it was in the morning and in the afternoon and right uh, for you guys it yeah, was, that's right. And everybody went on the internet and I remember that the um, whole company's internet connection were, were stuck so we couldn't because it it everybody was on everybody was wow. on and I remember this was in Luxembourg or uh, that was in Luxembourg exactly it, yes that was sitting yes close to the airport we had our office in Luxembourg and um, uh, and I, I remember so well there was a colleague of mine from the US John uh, Tigner, he was from North Carolina and he was working there 
and he he was so affected for us everybody else it was more the curiosity what's going on here but I, I remember he was so deeply affected uh, immediately so you felt the difference between the european and the american yeah the feeling. the I initial one and then i remember i drove home and came home when um just uh, and i remember my daughter had a sleepover for the first time that that mm. day uh, so she was wasn't at home she was i think six years old then um so that i remember i spent the whole night uh, on watching internet the news. watching the oh, news oh no and yeah, it's just yeah. it was a the thing that really bothered and still I'm not there now so next year we'll feel differently but that I remember there was this constant loop it was just like this fear-mongering I mean I know it was a massive thing going on but it was just like this loop over and over smash smash did you guys have that where it was just you over and over were seeing you know the towers and the and the yeah, uh, yeah, planes totally. going yeah, in. They yeah, kind no, of didn't I, do I that much with the Pentagon. The, the towers fell a couple of hours later. That's when I, when, roughly when I came home. Yeah, yeah no, it was total. Uh, but I, I'm it not sure if, if this was fear mongering. It was just like well, it was I, such a big was, thing. So yeah, but just, do you need to see it? Like I actually had to turn the TV off at one point because I wanted to know what was going on. But at the same time, it was just too much. And then every year, it's the same. Like mm. we don't want to forget. It's sort of like the genocide. Like you don't want to forget, but at the same time, you know, it's so, whew, you know. Anyway, but. Uh, I, so did I, you talk to your daughter about it no, at all? I was it not. in the schools? No. I mean, uh, I don't know if it, in Europe maybe it wasn't that. No, we, I did kind of not. Thing. She was like six at that time. There was we did not talk about it. No, not what I remember. Uh, and later, in when you had both kids and the kids were older, and you know there have been a lot of things happening in the last couple of decades since you've had children. Um, did you guys talk about like if there was a big you know bombing in Paris or anything like this? Would you ever? have the conversation or did they see anything in the news? I know that Pierre was like you watching things in the news a lot uh, or I, did you avoid it? Like, I'm just curious like what your not, parenting I never was. No, never talked about, about it like in an educational style. Now of course I discuss it for example with my son every time there's well, something happening 14, when 14 yeah. and the same with the bombings and well, the bombings were in Paris, the big bombings there was in 95 but that was before my daughter so <laughs> then... Um, well, there have been uh, other things happening in the world. I mean, yeah, look, no, I, I so have a vivid I, memory. Wait, I wait, don't, wait. I, no, I, I have I, a vivid memory of your son being afraid, you know, to get on the plane to New York for the first time with us because he was worried it was going to crash down and into a tower or something. So I don't know what he'd been watching. There, there'd been some kind of information came through, and I don't know if somebody else said it or if he saw it or so. There was yeah, awareness even true. at eight. I, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's why I asked the question. Like, I don't know. I, he watched. I the, remember he, thinking, he watched what the, the news. Heck, he watched you know? the news with me all the time. So probably uh, that that was not maybe the best, but probably seen seen a lot of things. I mean, I watched the news as well as a kid. I always watched the news every night with my parents. I always watched the news, and I know that you are a non-news watching person because you get probably so affected. But I cannot. It's like a drag for me. I need to. I need to keep um, and I felt, of the news. I felt that way as well. It's not that I don't want to know what's going on. The problem for me is it's it's literally debilitating. You know, I feel so deeply affected when I hear things, even on NPR or, you know, something where they're talking about different cultures and people not being kind to each other. I, I'm, I'm so deeply affected. Ella is the same. So... I'm not like, yeah, let's, you know, have Ella at three be exposed to 
I don't think there's enough balance in the news. So yeah, I made the comment about fear mongering. I do have a whole, you know, philosophy on the way the news is. And, you know, even John was talking about it in his, his podcast, you know, last month about, you know, the um, history and what mm-hmm. we teach. And so, you know, why is the focus, it gets more ratings, you know, but why, why is the focus more on the, um, bad stuff or negative stuff, however you want to quantify it or qualify it. Well, the it, news is partially the, the bad stuff going on. I mean, uh, But there's not, a lot of things not, that go on. Well, 99% of all things going on is just like daily life for people and there's no nothing happening. So that you, you take that 1% off and show what is the, the big news in the world. And they, in general, you show the, the negative thing. Well, let's um, just say I'm thankful that you're there watching the news over and over again so you can filter it to me and I do get things through other people you know as well I mean things come through and uh, sometimes I'm astonished when I miss something somehow and, and but you know. nowadays I don't even I mean I don't watch TV anymore now the no news, we don't have to even yeah the news now is it, it's social media I mean what's happening is on, on Twitter that you watch it, what Donald is yeah. is tweeting and you get the, the it feels the, a little the, more the first, controllable first, in, yeah, in some yeah. ways um, and and with Ella, you know, we do we do have real conversations, but it's starting instead of with the news. It's starting in other ways. I mean, you notice what does Ella do when she hears a siren? She says someone needs help. Yeah. So when she first heard it, she was afraid, yeah. and uh, somebody had made the comment, you know, oh somebody's in trouble, and so you know, or uh, someone did something wrong, because it was often like police. You know, that you'd hear in this area, especially since we have the stadium and everything here. So it, it got me thinking and I think I realized that, you know, how we address things really affects how they view and experience the world. So instead, I turned it around that, oh, somebody needs help rather than that, so that the police are helping and the ambulance is helping because before she was afraid of policemen and these women. She thought they were bad and mean. And I yeah, didn't want her to have that. I think one of the reasons is that they often drive their cars on the cycling lanes in Prague where we are walking with the stroller and, and it's scary yeah it's scary because they can they can they, they drive slowly but then she knows that there should be no cars so there should be a safe place and then all these, these <laughs> yeah, police are always coming well there, so, that's in the park especially yeah, so, yeah I mean they have probably good intentions uh, driving around there keeping it safe or exactly yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. so anyway I just wanted to touch on that because I think that in life there are so you know the I think for me one of the most demanding things when I I didn't fully have a concept of until I was here in it is the incredible weight I feel on the shoulders of really uh, being as conscious and aware and of what messages we're giving our kids and how we're you know you know like um, you know our resilience parenting you know Chris and Holly talking about you know using moments for for teaching and learning and I think that there's so many opportunities and I watch people uh, <clears throat> occasionally not telling the truth to avoid something you know like they'll say you know the kid they don't want you to go over there the parents don't want the kids to go over there and be like oh you know there's a cold zone over there it's on fire you know you know what i'm saying like people will make things up so that kids uh, avoid you know what i'm talking about i know what you're talking about yeah. i i think your home happens with, also that i do it sometimes and, well and you, you never you do have it occasionally either. kind yeah, of yeah. made something up so that you had to avoid conflict with ella and I'm very much about, like, I don't, everybody has their own choices, no judgment people, well, maybe a little judgment, but I try not to judge, that I really think it's important to tell the truth to our kids. Now, that being said, it's not that I'm not 
encouraging her to believe in magic. And I always say, well, that could be true. I don't know. I don't know everything on the planet, but I don't tell her, you know, um, I don't make a blatant lie. I don't think that, I think it, I think it breaks something with you and your kids because they wake up one day like, oh, you said that the tooth fairy lived in that closet. Like, well, I'm not going to say that. I might say, you know, I don't know where the tooth fairy lives, but you know, let's put something on your pillow and see what happens. So, you know, I, I I don't, maybe that's, you know, riding the line, but I I think it's very important to, to be real. So when these things happen, it's not like I'm going to show her visuals of, you know, the, you know, suicide bombers or something like that. At the same time, if there's anything around that she does see, then I think that, you know, you have to find a way to have the conversation. And I don't ma- I don't want her to harp on it and not be able to sleep or something. So I find a way to do it. Like, you know, I go into the psychology of it a lot. You know, it's, well, somebody's, you know, really unhappy. And so this happened. Or these people don't agree with the way those other people think. And so they did something a little bit kind of crazy or destructive. And, you know, we just, we try to be, re- I, try- I do talk to her like a grown-up not expecting her to understand but giving her the opportunity to understand so the moment when she is old enough we're having the conversation if that makes sense mm-hmm. so i don't think you know she's a grown-up but i can't talk baby talk to her and and um make things up because i don't for me personally it feels unauthentic or or dishonest and so um i think these are really hard conversations you know, sex, drugs, and violence are, are tricky to have the conversations with your kids. But I think we all have to find our own comfortable way according to our belief system, you know, and whatever. But I was just curious how that was. Because, you know, this day comes up every year and I'm wondering if there's ever going to be a point where we feel it differently. But, you know, so far not. So far not. Yeah. So uh, have the conversation with your kids in a way that's true to your own soul. And allows them an opportunity to, you know, feel whatever they're going to feel according to who they are as people on the planet, whatever age they are. And again, you know, it's not like you have to (laughs) drop into a conversation because it flashes up on the news that they don't see. But if they are around it or they're in school and there might be a conversation, I think it's great to have the conversation first with your own core values before whoever's in front of them has that conversation because, uh, you know. Hopefully we have great teachers around our kids, but you never know. You want to just give them the foundation, be brave, and go for it. And yeah. So, anything else before we go? No, I think we're <laughs> we're good for nine eleven. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Uh, I hope if any of you lost anybody in nine eleven or anybody who's still suffering from health issues or whatever, we send our best to all of you. And um, yeah. Uh, being the best parent and person that you know how. Thank you for listening to Imperfect Parenting and our Imperfect Podcast. For show notes, links to things we discussed, our blog, and more, please go to our website at www.imperfectparenting.net. If you have questions, comments, or stories you'd like to share, please go to our social media on our page or write us at info at imperfectparenting.net. We would love a review 
on iTunes from you and might have a couple surprises at the other side. So IP parents around the world, keep having a wonderfully imperfect day.